When you take what happened in World War II, even with Pearl Harbor, if they had suggested at that time they were going to take every American's rights away to save them, they would have been fighting a war at home because the American of that era was staunchly individualistic. In fact, that was really the MO of the United States of America, individualism and rights. Over generations, they've gradually managed to indoctrinate new generations into growing up thinking they just obey this authority that's everywhere, obeying to authority, and that the individual is a bad guy. I'll be back with more on this after this break. But 
often wonder why the big fad came out initially with internet and computers when they called them personal computers, PCs. I, I used to say political correct, you see, it was all, all to do with that. But it was to make you think that you were in charge of all your data. That was just a simple con right there, you know, psycholinguistics, simple. Personal credit is mine. And they give you a little password and stuff. You say, oh, no one can get into this except me. And before you know it, you're dependent on the darn thing for everything. And most folk now pay everything through, through, through uh, electronic banking. Therefore, it's so easy for them to cut them off. And as they dish out technology they could have given us at the beginning, that they give us a whole series of computers to make, it, make us believe, oh, this is the main reason for it, apart from making profit all the time, to make us believe this is, we're on the cutting edge. We're all on the cutting edge, all of us. And that we're being given the best there is. If it never dawns on you, what you're given is obsolete. It never dawns on you when you buy the new upgraded PC. They could have given you that at the very beginning. Or in two or three years' time, for that matter. Because they're just dishing out piecemeal. And it's interesting, too, that every company, every company brings out the same systems at the same time. These military-industrial complex. The big private corporations are part of the military-industrial complex. And as things become more complicated and made frustratingly so, when the after all when programs work before, why don't they work now? Why is it becoming such a nuisance to work through and do simple things with? Why, why, why? It's to frustrate you because they're bringing in the cloud system where basically your computer at home will be a form of a telephone, basically, with a number you punch in. It gives you access to a remote server that keeps all the data. And isn't that more simple? Because since they want total information network, they'll have access to all your data. No fuss, no mess. And they'll deal with all viruses, trojans, upgrading of programming. You can sit and play. But if you're bad, your little number will get locked out until you're on your knees. And you can form. So social approval, social disapproval will be used to train you. Now that they have everyone pretty well hooked on the computer, they can't imagine going off it. They don't realize that just not a few years ago, people literally did stock taking in factories and warehouses and stores with pencils and paper. And you know something? It worked. It worked. But it was a darn nuisance for governments to love all statistics and data collection because they wanted copies as well. You see, this is much easier. So the cloud will come in. In this first article here is from Sunday the 25th of January 2009. I've read it before, but I'll read it again. Google plans to make PCs history. Just to show you, I'm not kidding. That's not surmisation here. Google is to launch a service that would enable users to access their personal computer from any Internet connection, according to the industry reports. But campaigners warn that it would give the online behemoth unprecedented control over individuals' personal data. Well, that's the point of it. The Google Drive or G Drive could kill off the desktop computer, which relies on a powerful hard drive. Instead, a user's personal files and operating system could be stored on Google's own servers and accessed via the Internet. The long-rumored G Drive, they do love that G, is expected to be launched this year, according to the technology news website TG Daily. 
which described it as the most anticipated Google product so far. Well, you bet, because they had it planned all along. It seems a paradigm shift away from Microsoft's Windows operating system, which runs inside most of the world's computers, in favor of cloud computing where the processing and storage is done thousands of miles away in remote data centers. Home and business users are increasingly turning to web-based services, usually free. My, 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 there's the, there's the mouse bait there. Eh? Ranging from emails such as Hotmail, Gmail, digital photo storage, Flickr, Picasa, to more applications for documents and spreadsheets such as Google and APPS. The loss of a laptop or crash of a hard drive does not jeopardize the data because it is regularly saved in the cloud and can be accessed via the web from any machine. This would follow the logic to its conclusion by shifting the content of a user's hard drive to the Google servers. The PC would be a simpler, cheaper device acting as a portal. That's all it is, a portal to the web via an adaptation of Google's operating system for mobile phones, such as Android. So users would think of the computer as software rather than hardware. So, see, that's where it was designed to go step by step in the first place before they gave you the old computers to start with. Experts see we're just mice, and they, they say that mice they give us mouse traps, and we just eat the cheese, eat the cheese, eat the cheese, until you get to the trap, you see. And they say, my God, a minute, I can't do without it. That's as simple as that. Plan to go this way all along. Do you realize how, how much cooperation it takes from the big boys at the top to agree on this? A single company couldn't go it alone in an age where those who own information rule the world. That's discussed at Sandhurst for military academy and other places across the world. Therefore, there are no independent organizations at that level. There are none. So I'll put this link up on my site at the end of the show. And everyone's prattling on about the pandemic, you see, as they get us used to it, the ideas of pandemic. And it's strange that it's mainly in Mexico it's been killing people. It's probably this latest outbreak that came out around March or so. But listening to the news, now they're still allowing people to come in from Mexico to work, seasonal workers, etc. Now, Libya and Canada have had experience already of the scare to do with SARS. The first law of any coming pandemic is you quarantine your country from people coming in from the infected country. But that wasn't done in the SARS either. They still had the planes coming in from mainland China and all the rest of it. Then we went a lot, through a lot of hoopla where big corporations sold thermal imaging devices to possibly see if anyone was, had a fever in airports. Then admitted after the SARS that they were useless. Well, why is that? It's because, you see, it can take 10 to 15 days called the prodromal period of infection before any symptoms show in a human being, including inflammation. So in that case, that's why the standard procedure, if you were really serious about stopping a pandemic or epidemic coming into your country, is totally shut down all people coming in from the infected country. But they're not doing that. Why? Why? Is this a trial run, or is it all used to the fact that we're going to be ordered about by experts and injected with all kinds of mandatory authorized substances? We'll see. We'll see. It's a 
lot of hype right now. A lot of hype. And as I say, they're not doing what you would normally do if there truly was something you wanted to stop coming into your country until it was over. Would you really risk your whole population? Would you? So that people would go going back and forth to Mexico for tourism? Would you? Think about it. Is tourism more important when you balance it with wiping out everyone in the country with a, with a real killer? Well, therefore, is it a killer? And much of this is hype. I'll be back with more on logic after these messages. You know, with the creation of viruses and the mutation, the man-manipulation or man-mutated viruses is an old, old thing. In fact, if you get a book, it's called Canada's, uh, it's called uh, Deadly Allies, Canada's Secret War. You see, Canada led the world during and after World War II for a long time on the creation of killer viral and uh, bacterial microbes for war purposes, warfare purposes. And in the book, it's using declassified stuff from the government. We find out just how far ahead they were back then and how, how easy it was for them to take a, a common virus and mutate it in what they call the fast breeder into a deadly thing within a matter of hours. Now they can do it within an hour, apparently. They're so far ahead now. Obviously, what gets taught to the average um, medical student is obsolete as well. Because in any area of research, the military-industrial complex always breaks the ground. And they keep this stuff secret for many, many years. Therefore, what's taught to the public, and, and doctors and GPs are members of the public, you see, who also believe they're on the cutting edge, doesn't dawn on them they're getting antique or antiquated or misleading indoctrinations they're still living in the past to do with viruses and bacterium etc now since they can create the viruses to kill so easily and program them but like computers how many times they replicate and then die off and they've had articles in the daily mail about it when a, a journalist went in to the port and downs establishment in britain that's where they make all this deadly stuff and i, think, I believe they've moved now recently but anyway, he sat with a scientist who talked about creating ethnic-specific viruses and how they had them all. That was back in the early 90s. So nothing surprises me at all. So when, we, when they come out with, or oh, something's evolving on its own and it could be a killer, they're either pulling your leg to terrify you because they want control over you, or they're, they're getting used to, by predictive programming, what you will do when the real thing is released, and released will be the word, because I'll guarantee you, be man-made. Here's an article I've read before about this, and it's from one of the guys who worked to create a killer virus, to recreate, in fact, the Spanish flu using uh, live viruses they found in the permafrost corpses in Canada, and then who merged it with the common flu, the present flu viruses, to see what would happen. 
meaning they've weaponized the normal, average, common flu. And this is, was released on the 29th of December, 2008. I've read it before. And it's, uh, it's actually from Yoshiro Kawaoka, who was one of the scientists, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and it comes from a, a website called Eureka Alert. Scientists isolate genes that made the 1918 flu lethal. By mixing and matching a contemporary flu virus, that's a modern one, with this, what, the Spanish flu, the killer one, a virus that killed between 20 and 50 million people 90 years ago in history's most devastating outbreak of infectious disease, researchers have identified a set of three genes that helped underpin the extraordinary virulence of the 1918 virus. Writing today in the proceeding of the National Academy of Sciences, a team led by University of Wisconsin-Madison virologist Yoshihiro Kawaoka and Takiko Watanabe identified genes that gave the 1918 virus the capacity to reproduce in lung tissue, a hallmark of the pathogen that claimed more lives than all the battles of World War I combined. So they got a common, the common um, flu viruses that are spreading across the world every year, the present modern ones, mixed it with the three particular genes that, were, that was responsible for activating the 1918 one, and that produced a killer flu. Why do you think they were doing that? Interest, general interest, bored, boredom perhaps? Why do you think they were doing that? Who do you think would pay them to do that? Remember what I said earlier, everything in the real cutting edge is always way ahead of its time is the military-industrial complex. Military today means many things because there's many compartments, economic, virology, bacteriology, for wiping out whole nations, even areas that deal with spreading fungus that had fungus they could spread across Germany in World War II if they cared to do so they would kill off all the crops. Again, read Deadly Allies, Canada's Secret War. You'll also find they created something to kill off the enemy's livestock, when they, when they did autopsies on the brains of the cattle, guess what they found during World War II? They could. It was full of little holes like cheesecake, like mad cow disease became much later on. In fact, pretty well identical. What a coincidence. In World War II they had that, eh? So this article here is very good. It tells you how this particular virus worked, why it killed, because it really replicated inside the lung tissue as opposed to the upper respiratory tract. So you drown, basically. So that's what they can do, that they admit to. But that they admit to, which is pretty, pretty tame, really, as to what they really have. And I'm going to go into this in more detail after these messages because it's an important topic to see how we're being stampeded. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
and Watts were cutting through the matrix. And the SARS outbreak at Toronto, of course, uh, the government started throwing millions of dollars supposedly into research. Anybody who said they could possibly come up with a vaccine were getting grants, you see, is a great thing to... And you don't have to account for any of it because you don't have to promise you're going to come up with anything. It's wonderful for the pharma businesses and the, the biologists that go into this kind of thing. Meanwhile, as I say, in a higher level, they can create everything. Isn't that amazing? They can create anything they want and program it, how long it would last. How many times it would multiply, how many it should kill off in the process, and after a week or so it would deactivate itself. That's how exact it is. But gee, on the lower echelons of medicine, it's all a big puzzle and mystery. As I read their medical journals and their latest magazines, they keep them in a different reality of the past, because they're not in the cutting edge at all. But at the top they are. That's why the motor industry and certain, certain motor companies are so far ahead with all their transmissions and their, uh, their differentials, etc. Because they were all given incredible financing during World War II and every war since. That's why they have the strong ones that don't bust and break and all the rest of it. Everything to do with the military-industrial complex is way ahead, always, of what the public are ever, ever told. And as I say, it's great panic and, and, and fear creation is fantastic for business. Remember what Rothschild said when he was asked when you make the most amount of money? He said when the blood is flowing in the streets, everybody's panicking. We've had nothing but panic in one crisis after another since 2001. And the folk don't realize this is impossible. With the law of averages, to have so many crises, one after another, they take all your rights from you, Governments mandate inoculations if need be. You have a financial collapse, supposedly, brought on by the banks that then get rewarded. And we've got to go global, plus we've got to reduce the population at the same time because of global warming. All in the span of nine years. Think about it. This is impossible. Impossible. I mean, it's all planned this way. And of course, it is. After all, this is the 21st century. The academia... Academia was talking about this in the last century. It was the coming century of change. And they knew what the changes would be. The planned, ordered, reduced population society. That's what it's all about. And going back to Darwin too, which they all go back to, he talked about adaptation and you have to adapt to survive. Well, you see, we adapt to every crisis, every new normal, and that is exactly what Lenin was talking about. How they can constantly upgrade the people who very quickly think that everything's normal again. You're into a new normal, and you have no memory of the past normal, like before 9-11, 2001. Before you have to show IDs for everything, or unbuckle your pants and walk bare feet or in stocking feet through airports and bend over and all this kind of stuff. That's the new normal today. So back to Rothschild and when to make money. Well, they're here they go, the big boys, you see, who are all part of the military-industrial complex. Obviously, the big vaccine manufacturers and drug boys are involved in creating viruses, etc., when they're also working on, supposedly, the safeguards against the viruses and so on. They're part of it. They're part of it. Very simple. And this is from Reuters. April the 24th, 
venture capital firms set to reap rewards on swine flu. It's, it's just out the bag. And these pigs are going to make money on it. It says, uh, the swine flu outbreak is likely to benefit one of the most prolific and successful venture capital firms in the U.S., Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers. Thomson Reuters Private Equity Week reported on Friday. Byers is still part of the Rothschild company. Shares of the two public companies in the firm's portfolio of eight pandemic and biodefense companies, biodefense companies, Biochrist Pharmaceuticals and Novavax, Jump Friday on news the swine flu killed the reported 60 people in Mexico and has infected people in the United States. Doctor Who, the World Health Organization, WHO, said the virus appears to be susceptible to Roche's ROGVX flu drug, Tamiflu, also known as Ozeltamivir, but not to older flu drugs such as amantadine. Well, it appears to be doesn't mean it's true. Remember before when they were trying that same stuff on and they brought it out for the bird flu, supposedly it was in the Far East at the time, and it was killing them off too. Even children were getting it preventively, were dying. <laughs> At once, Tom. Shares of Swiss drug maker Roche Holding AG closed up 3.48% after falling sharply earlier in a week on a cancer drug disappointment. Oh dear, dear. I'm surprised to see Germany give the cancer drug disappointment to kill off the cancer patients faster than the cancer are given to AIDS patients. And that's why they get all the symptoms. But that's the real world. Getting back to what I was saying, you know, in the treaties that were signed up for bio-warfare, and there are treaties signed at the United Nations, you also see it in that book, Deadly Eyes. You'll, you'll see that at every stage of a mutation, a worked-on man-made mutation in the laboratory of a virus or bacterium, they must have a completely 100% effective antidote to it upgraded with each upgrade of the virus or bacterium. That is law. They have to have it. They're not in the business of making killers without having something that kills off the killer. They've had that in, in progress since before World War II. Think about it. Meanwhile, they'll give you these things that may work or may not, these little pills and so on that they're costing, well, cost you thousands of dollars if you can buy them. And it's also been proven that they kill other people, etc. So there's the kind of stuff that, that where we make money. Uh, terror and fear is fantastic. Look at the business they've made off all security equipments and cameras and so on. Look at the credible money that the, the companies have made. Do you know... That's where the military-industrial complex have moved into society, into civilian life, because that's the war. It's on civilians everywhere, worldwide. And they're making every major company that you've heard of that made the aircraft and so on are in making cameras and systems for, for observation, detections, etc. Total police state, worldwide. That's... See, that is the new order. This is the new order that's been brought in, and it's going to get worse. And there's no debating with them at the top, because, you see, they have a plan at the top. And they're all ready for every kind of backlash again. They've, they've built up internal armies to deal with this over 20-odd years under the guise of fighting terrorism, well, fighting drugs and all the rest of it. They used to say, when they talked about Marxism, that they couldn't, the, the countries that were being 
infiltrated with Marxist policies could not allow the Marxists to bring the countries to the verge of revolution because part of the Marxist, the Marxist technique was to make things so bad and poverty so bad that people would have to rebel as their own governments became dictatorial and overbearing. Authoritarian, you see. So when you see your governments hand in hand across the world, all going along the same path of utter authoritarianism, that means that, that they're not worried about anything else. That means they're going in one direction only. It's going to be their way or no way. And they're ready to deal with all the backlashes. That's how it really is. That's, that's what it tells you right there. When they're, they're given us their prospects for the next 30 to 50 years from the think tanks for the military, and I've read them before. And you can go to my website and see the one from Britain, 90 pages on what they say is going to come in the future. There's no ifs or buts about it. They can, all, these things can only happen if those in authority force them to happen. So therefore they're going to. Give us back our private lives, it says here. This is from the Telegraph, April 25th, 2009. As Labour unveils plans to monitor every one of our phone calls and emails, it is time to demand an end to state snooping. It says, your moves are monitored by your bus tickets. There are CCTV cameras on every building and computer chips in the rubbish in the near garbage bins. And they can tell a lot about your life by studying your garbage. And they are. They're going through false garbage now. Security has got absurd. The Russian journalist Arida Zinalova wasn't talking about Putin's Russia. She wasn't even talking about old life in the old Soviet Union. She was talking about Britain today. Now, Britain is a prototype that we've all got to copy. You see? Mrs. Zinalova has lived in Britain for several years, but she doesn't like the level of intrusion into her private life that she experiences. Many native Britons take the same view. An increasing number of people resent the constant surveillance that has become common in many cities in Britain, as across the world now. Britain has more security cameras per head of population than anywhere else in the world. Each one is justified, at least by those who have installed it, <laughs> by the role it plays in detecting and reducing crime. <laughs> Just as in cities, the amount of data the state now holds on its citizens, and the government last week unveiled plans to hold still more, because your every phone call, email, and visit to a website will be monitored by the state. Zikayo. Some of the material the state collects, such as tax and pension details, is as an unavoidable part of the bureaucracy necessary to run a modern state. Well, we don't need that anyway. It's all a con. Other databases are also, in principle, uncontinuous. Doctors cannot treat you effectively. If they do not know your medical history, well, they can't treat you even if they do know it today because you're lucky to see the same one twice in a row in Canada and in Britain and elsewhere. Apart from that, they don't care. Still other databases, the violent offender and sex offender registers, for example, can be said to have a role in fighting crime. That's nonsense. They've used that, that, that con to get us all into slavery and manacles. There's a slippery slope here, and it leads to a state of permanent police supervision of everyone. Well, that's the point of it. If you're into crime prevention, you see, and law enforcement is, is opposed to policing, you'd have to manacle everybody up. That way you'd be 
guaranteed they can't do anything and go anywhere. Preventing and detecting crime can be used as justification for expanding databases and surveillance almost indefinitely. There's no almost about it. It says, and it has been. The Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act 2000 defines and regulates spying by government bodies. As the Home Office's latest consultation paper on RIPA reveals, at least 42 government departments and organizations are entitled to spy on the public. They include such bodies as the Charity Commission. Did you know that? Well, what a type of commissions and charity and foundations have been a con from the beginning. The Department for Environment can do it, and the Department of Works and Pensions can do it. They can go into you and find all your data, too. If you include local authorities who are also allowed to spy on you, and they are now, by the way, there are more than 400 government agencies entitled to snoop. How's that? How is that? And here's another one again. It's from the Mail Online. This is for the world, folks, because I say Britain, remember they came up first with the word democracy. They've led the world with democracy. And they're still leading the world. Police now, now they're your local cops can have access to these data, these complete data banks on you. Police can snoop on every email and eavesdrop on internet phone calls under the, a new plan. See, they get it on the books and then before you know it, Expands and expands. It's like a cancer. It grows like a cancer. Whatever the government touches and puts through as a law grows like a cancer. Tumors everywhere. Because it's designed to. That was the intention of it. Police and security chiefs will be able to scour the contents of every email sent in Britain under a £12 billion plan. This is from a country that's supposedly broke. To be unveiled tomorrow. The plan known as Deep Packet Inspection, that's a little joke on pocket, right? They're right in your pockets now. will also give them the ability to eavesdrop on phone calls made over the internet. The proposals which will be revealed by Home Secretary Jackie Smith, this is the woman who's made so many gaffes, it's a comedy. But it is a comedy because obviously they're not in, in charge. This is the woman who puts porno viewing on the TV and charges it down to her government expenses. And so a nice picture here on this particular link, and I'll, I'll put it up too, with a police chief with all his white spaghetti on his skip and his cap, and all his Masonic regalia above it too with the checkerboard. And they're both grinning like coots, you know. All you need is that little, little epaulets to have a, a little uh, zigzag lightning bolt. And some people with a memory and mentality will be able to recognize what it means. Uh, on their lapels. So that here they are, it says here, come amid an increasing evidence that terror groups such as those in the Mumbai attacks, oh my, are using internet telephones to avoid telephone. T- so because some people supposedly, maybe, you may take their word for it, right? <laughs> maybe um, are, are tap- using it, the internet telephones, we all have to be snooped on by local cops. So let's not use it as those guys over their stuff anymore. Let's just say, we are the enemy. The public are the enemy. Internet firms and telephone providers are already required to store details of communications using their networks for at least a year. We're paying for all. We pay for all. We pay for our manacles or chains. Why do we help them, eh? However, this paves the way for the content of online calls and emails also to be studied 
How would you look at when, you, when groups around your home, you know, the authorized groups now can go into all your personal data? We see their superior types. If they're authorized people, they come from different wombs. They're not just all busy, gossipy, busy buddies. Special people. Special people. Like your lo- local policeman. Like that one I read about last week there, who believes in part of the ninja, the force, you know, the one with the, the, the laser thing and the Star Wars thing. Yeah. That's what had hold of your information. And you know something? To an extent, the public deserve it because they grab every free everything that's put up, Facebook a lot, and put all their data, and then they come out, and I read the articles where the creators would say, yeah, it's for data collection. Who do you think that is for? It's free, it's free. It's like the flu shot, it's free. It's free. They sell you anything. It's free. They'll sell you, they'll sell you the gas in the extermination chamber when they say it's free. That's how stupid people are today. Utterly stupid. Now, there's a Patty from Illinois there. Are you there, Patty? Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you? I'm hanging on here. Hanging in there, huh? Biting the bullet, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's about, about it here, too. Um, I, I called in because you were talking about that, you know, the swine flu hype, and I don't watch TV, but my husband does, and so every once in a while he'll call me, and he's watching ABC, I guess, and they're interviewing an expert on the swine flu, and his name was Mike Bacon. Mike Bacon, what a ham. Mike Hold Bacon. on, we'll talk about this uh, after this break. a lot of TV, but I have occasionally, you know, listened to the news or something, and it's just, it's just so appalling, because it's, they speak to you like you're an idiot, like you're really, really stupid, and the more you, the more I've read and seen, and... Mm -hmm. It was the same when they gave us the, the, uh, the whole thing with the financial collapse, and made off, made off with the money, cash carry was sent (laughs) to dish the money back to the banks. And then there was another one afterwards that um, was set up to deal with it. Uh, I think it was called uh, Rob Neighbors. Rob, Rob Neighbors was helping Mr. Cash Carry. And I thought, <laughs> you, you couldn't make this up in a comedy script. No, no. It's, uh, and it was like I was having lunch with some friends one time, and they were talking about some show they watch, and how they got all this information. It was really good information, and it was from this guy, and his name was Dr. Oz. And yes. I started laughing. I, I said, you're, you're getting information from a doctor named Oz? And they just kind of looked at me like, something yes. was wrong with me. <laughs> was just like, oh, I know. I, I know. It's, it's just astonishing, really, what's really been done to the public. And, and again, under crisis creation, where they get us all stampeding from one crisis now to the next crisis, and the intention is, is behavioral uh, conditioning. 
where they're simply getting us ready to come into a completely new society with no memory of even how we got there. Right, right. Yeah. And, he, and now with the swine flu, I mean, my husband's been home a couple of days. He's been sick and kind of flu-like symptoms or whatever, and I had both my mother and mother-in-law say, well, you've got to get him to a doctor and have him tested for the swine flu. And yes. I, Yes. I just said, well, he hasn't been craving bacon or anything yet, so I'm, I don't think he needs to go to the doctor. I know, but. I know. And I had some children, too, from Mexico that came back to Nova Scotia after a holiday, and they came down with it. But as far as, far as I know, it's no, there's no severe cases. No, no. And I was surprised that they are testing it because, I mean, no one's ever really tested anybody's blood when they've had the flu that I know of. You just... Yes. What do they do? They give you... a they tell you to go home and drink a lot of water and get a lot of rest, and that's about all they do. That's all you do. Is it's either a week with treatment or seven days without it. Right, right. <laughs> so it seems, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. It, it runs uh, its course, yeah. Yeah, it course. yeah. But, well. but this, is, this is the problem we're being fed, is, is the hype us up and hype us up, that we can't live or move or think without experts advising us what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to advise everybody to get your books, and, and because the more you understand it, the more uh, when you start seeing things, you just uh, it, it's just amazing all the dots you start connecting. And yes, it is, um, it is, because we, we are living through sort of Pavlovian upgrading, I call it, into this brave new world. And as I say, we're not we're supposed to end up there without so so out of breath with panic after panic. We won't have memory of how we even got there or, or a previous way of living afterwards. But thanks for You're calling, right. Patty. All right. That's well, thanks, coming. Alan, and you take care. I uh, will do. Bye. Me too. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, heavily sprayed and rained on today, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.